Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hi, thanks for joining. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we have a very exciting show for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to stop blaming others for your feelings. It's going to be a great conversation, so so stay with us, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, how are you, Eva? Just I'm well. In. Thank you, Charlie. You know what? Today, we're going to make a difference, right? We are going to make a difference. And that's what we do here. We use all of our powers to make a difference, even as one or two people. Yes, as two, as three people today. As three people today. <laughs> so, um... We do have a very special guest today because there is a lot of hoopla going on these days and we tend to uh, code ourselves and and pass the blame and everything on others and we don't take as much authentic ownership as we should. It's time for a little empowerment, but sometimes it's difficult to know how to do that exactly. So that's why today's guest is so special. Yeah, and we get to cheat because we get to learn from it too. I know, I love that. Okay, so we have a very special guest today that we're excited to bring on. Uh, Carla Fagan. Carla is the author of the Amazon best-selling book, A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul. So let's bring Carla on right now and start the conversation. Carla, are you with us? I am, Charlie and Eva. Thank you so much for having me today. Excellent. Um, welcome. And, you know, Eva and I were talking about this and uh, going through your book. This is exactly what we need today, right? So, um First, briefly tell us where we can get this book, um, A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul, and then share a little bit about it. Okay, definitely. You can get the book anywhere. Amazon, um, there's a, a couple of links to There's lots of uh, online sellers that are selling the book. So if you just Google it or just Google Carla Fagan, you'll find lots of areas where you can find the book. And it's in hardcover, print, and um uh, Kindle and Moby and all of those fun things. Excellent. Um, yeah, the book is actually a memoir of my life. Um, I had a pretty traumatic childhood, uh, which was based off with, filled with abuse and neglect. And that actually led to anxiety, depression and suicide attempts. And so the book is following my path from when it originally happened all throughout my life, my life. And then at the age of 30, where I actually got triggered, uh, when I had my when I had my my daughter and what happened during that um, during that event because there was a lot of things that I learned from that point on because I needed to seek help um, and it goes through uh, that period as well all the way up to traveling the world and going to 21 different countries and wow. now living in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. So it's all of the things that I learned um, during my life's history. Which and the reason why I wrote it was a to allow others to know that they're not alone, and b that there is a way out of the out of the darkness in yeah. order to truly live the life you want. That's really cool because you know what bugs me about this, and we hear it all the time. Um, you know, overcoming childhood issues, right? Overcoming um, a lot of things in the past, and people say, "Oh, please." I, nobody had more issues than me and, you know, oh, give me a break. But what this book does is it calmly offers help. It's not, you're not bragging about it. You're trying to get past it and you're showing others how they too can move forward in their lives, which is really, really cool, right? 
Exactly. I've, I've, I've had a lot of people giving me comments back or even just sending me emails and thanking me. Even people who've lived like a normal life that haven't gone through any major trauma or abuse, they, what they got from it was they got the ability to be empathetic for others. Because no, no one's really, um, it's, it's really becoming vulnerable to release the shame in order to let others read what your past is. So most people just keep it inside. So if you're dealing with someone, be it a partner or someone in business or just a friend, you know, and they're going through some hard times, it makes you more empathetic to what they're going through. That's really um, interesting. And because, you know, you also hear all the time, you don't know anything about me, you know, and now uh, before you criticize, you don't know anything about me. Now, you know, from you and your teachings in your book, I I could lead with empathy because I I get that now, right? And I will mm-hmm. calmly, you know, uh, reach out and give the person the benefit of a doubt or more than um, anything else. Most people need a hug these days, right? Um, and that's kind of what we get from your book and your teachings. You know, take a step back, you know, and uh, be forgiving. And, and I think the world becomes a better place, but it's not easy, right? Exactly. Nobody's walked in your shoes and so nobody really knows what you've gone through. And we, and you know, today's society is becoming a little bit better. We're hearing more stories about traumatic things that have happened in people's lives and things are coming to, you know, uh, more open and more public. So it's really being able to give people the ability of being able to release their shame. It's not as, you know, you, you still you feel vulnerable, but it allows you to be able to tell your story without as much shame behind it. Well, and what I liked about when I was looking at your website and looking at the book, um, one of the things you talk about is that there is even the shame of feeling like, well, my trauma wasn't that bad. Um, what I went through wasn't necessarily that bad. And being able to release that so that you can start moving forward. And what I like is that you've come up with this four simple step process to help people do that. Because so many times, you know, we're so programmed. And when you have trauma in your past, I mean, that really is a set of programming. And I like to say, you know, when we talk about following your gut, it's really hard to follow your gut when in a certain piece of your life, your gut is a little damaged. So following your gut doesn't always necessarily make make sense until you heal that piece of yourself. And you show people how to do that, having gone through it yourself, which I think is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and actually these four simple steps, I, it, there's an, I create an acronym, it's called RAC, and it's reflect, ask, communicate, and kiss and make up or kick their butt out of there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that because a lot of times people say, oh, here we go, another pie in the sky, weakness, and it's not that weak when you say, okay, kiss and make up or kick their butt out of there. I mean, right. that takes courage, right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, no matter what our past is like, we all have triggers. We all have something, events or something people said or, you know, even it could be even be a smell or something that you see that automatically triggers your brain and your brain goes back to the fight or flight instinct of whatever it was that happened in the past. And then you kind of lose all emotional control. So I there's for me, there's like three different types of triggers. There's one that you have the sensation and you're feeling uncomfortable. You know it's not good for you, but it's not that bad. So you end up just pushing it down. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you end up pushing it down, you're just ignoring it, but it's not going away. What it's doing is that every time you push it down, it's building it up and building it up. So one day you will get a reaction. You know, the second trigger is if it's big enough or all of those, um, those suppressed emotions, come out all at once and it's like a volcano coming out and all of a sudden you don't have control and you're just spouting forth you know all of the hurtful words that and emotions that you're feeling inside and you know that's the trigger that we want to eliminate we, because we don't realize that we're doing it at that time it might be afterward that you know you say oh my gosh what did I do I hurt all these people and it doesn't just hurt you it hurts everyone that you reacted against so exactly what happens (laughs) yeah but there's definitely there's definitely ways that you can there's there's signs that 
tells you that a trigger is coming. And it could be it's that pit in your stomach or the tightening of your throat or just the anger you can feel brewing up. But the first thing that you need to do before you try and eliminate any triggers is know that it's a trigger and know that it needs to be eliminated. Because um, and one of the things is um, you really need to decide whether your reaction to whatever happened was worthy of it. You know, did you overreact? You know, someone said cat and all of a sudden you blew up. Well, that's overreaction. (laughs) You know, I'm learning something right now from this, right, Carla, in that um, if I'm coming in off the street um, and learning about the acronym, I'm realizing that I have a volcano of emotions. It's not a question of when I get an emotion, don't suppress it. I have, you know, over 60 years of emotions suppressed. I have a volcano in there that I have to deal with and uh, never really looked at it like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. And when you were, when you were talking about that, when you were 30, you got triggered when you had your daughter. Was it, was it at that point that you started doing your research or had you been researching prior to that? Or did this trigger kind of come out out of the blue for you? It was out of the blue. Um, I, I just recently watched um, Leaving Neverland. <laughs> and mm. that was a huge trigger for me because both of those men said they didn't realize what happened to them until they were older. And, and it was having a baby. That ah. where they understood. And I was exactly the same way because you don't realize, you know, you know, some of the stuff was bad, but you don't really realize what it's done to you until you hold this beautiful baby in your arms. And you couldn't imagine how anyone could allow anything to be done to that baby. And that's when it starts. And then I was an emotional wreck postpartum depression. I started seeing counselors before then. I thought I was like, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was still being triggered and I was still, but I was, I thought that my triggers were, you know, the other person did that to me. You said something that hurt me. And so part of going through what I went through and seeing the counselors, I saw counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists and I went to um, holistic, you know, so I did a lot of meditation and stuff like that. But one one of my biggest aha moments, and that was after a particularly bad trigger, was that it wasn't what they said. It was the emotions that were rising up behind me. And I was blaming everyone for those emotions, albeit those emotions were coming from past trauma. When I realized that, it was crazy because now I started taking on you know, now I started analyzing everything every time I got upset. Is it, is it me? Is it coming from a past belief or a past trauma? Or should I actually really be upset over something that they said? Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of work, right? I mean, that that really took you to a different level because I know so many people out there don't do that at all, right? So there's kind of the one extreme to the other. But you're right. I mean, we're always in control of our emotions, supposedly. And by looking at that, you really started on a different path and on a different journey. But you were also looking at it with all these different people, too. So that I mean, talk about the work that it took to get you to this place that you're at today. I mean, that that is really something. And and for you to hang in there for all these years is amazing. Um, We're going to go ahead and take our first break and when we come back we're going to continue this conversation we're just scratching the surface just here. scratching the surface so stay with us everyone this is corporate talk with charlie and eva and our guest today is carla fagan we'll be right back let's get back to charlie and eva for more corporate talk on talk zone Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Our guest today is author Carla Fagan, and she's the author of the Amazon best-selling book, A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul. And you can find the book on Amazon and any other of your favorite booksellers. You can also go to Carla's website. It's CarlaFagan.com, and Fagan is spelled F-E-A-G-A-N. 
So we were just talking about triggers and all the work you were doing when you started analyzing, well, is this really me? Is this a trigger? Is this this other person? And all of a sudden you became very, very aware that it was the emotion behind what somebody said, how that emotion was triggered in you. But then how do you, because I think a lot of people struggle with this. You know, you go, you were going to psychologists, psychiatrists, you're doing, you know, holistic work, spiritual work, you know, but what happens is, is that once that subconscious programming is in there, it's really hard to start to change it. So how were you able to start changing that? Or was there a different way that you were doing that? No, you're right. It It, it is a little bit of a journey. Um, but I think the first thing for, when you want to change anything is a recognition that something needs to be changed. Mm. And as soon as you have that, that starts leading you on the pathway of being able to get there. So I've got uh, another little thing that I use. It's called freeze, uh, freeze, leave and breathe. So whenever I start getting triggered, um, I started learning my signs. So the first thing in the rack is to reflect, is to notice when, how often, and why you're feeling this emotion. The emotion can be angry, sad, hopeless. It doesn't always have to be like an angry thing, but it could be also hopeless and sad. Mm-hmm. So when you're feeling that emotion, you need to start like journaling and making a list of when you're feeling it, what happened, you know, um, and how, where in the body you're feeling it. Because I believe that the the energy and the emotions are stored in the body. And I recognize that every time I started getting triggered, I felt it somewhere. It was the pit of the stomach. It was the throbbing of the heart or the tightening up of the throat. And I came to recognize those signs. So that's the preamble before the actual trigger takes place. So what I started doing, I, I started doing so freeze. So as soon as, even if you're in a conversation with that someone, you just stop that conversation, you know, and tell them that, you know, you need to go and get some fresh air and get away from that conversation before it takes you any further. And then you leave the situation until you, if it's anger, you need to calm down. If it's hopeless and sad, you need to, you know, give yourself some love. And then you just breathe. Take three or four deep breaths of air in order to be able to calm yourself down. And then you can start figuring out, you know, writing down and seeing the coincidences of how you got triggered, what was said, you know, and then you can go in um, internally. And that's the A of rack, ask. So you go into yourself and you ask yourself internally, now, whatever just happened, did that person, do you think that that person was fully aware and intentionally making you feel this way? It's a really important question because it's about taking ownership or not. If you could honestly answer no, they were not, this person loves me. They weren't intentionally trying to make me feel angry, sad, or hopeless. So then you need to go internal and say, okay, so what is it that's making me feel like this? And what I often did is I figured out where in the body it was. I put my right hand on that part of the body, be it the throat, the heart, the stomach, and the left hand, you know, on my heart. And I just meditated and I went internal and I asked myself, you know, what is the cause of this trigger? Where is it coming from? Sometimes you'll, you'll actually get to the actual circumstance that happened, but you don't need to do that. But you need to figure out that it is something that's going on. And then I wanted, I wanted to go, sorry to interrupt you. I wanted to go back for a second on the reflect part, because in the reflect part, before you even get to the ask part, so were you, was it the emotion that then made you say, okay, I'm getting really angry, I need to stop? Or was it where you were feeling it in your body first? You were feeling like maybe you're clenching up and then you were stopping it? I was a little bit confused as to how that went. Actually, it, it, for me, it came at the same time. Okay. So, the, so the tightening of the throat and the emotions are coming in, but the emotions, it, it kind of like erupts like a volcano a lot of times where you can start feeling it coming in. So the emotions is coming in, but it's not high enough for you to react. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're feeling it in your body. Where in your body are you feeling it? Where is that emotion stored? So that's the ability of being able to start trying to nip it in the bud. So what I've learned throughout my life is change just doesn't happen immediately. You don't say, oh, I want to change and it just changes. 
So you, first of all, acknowledge that you need to have it change. And then you start realizing after you've done it, oh, shoot, I've done it. I really need to, I really need to change it. So you recognize it after, and then you start recognizing it while you're doing it. And then eventually you start recognizing it just before it happens. So it is a process. But as long as you've made that commitment that you don't want to be like this and you don't want to hurt other people, then it's definitely, you know, it's a definitely a good way of being able to catch it. And I think that happens with anything. You know, you realize after you said it, then you realize while you're saying it, then you realize before you're saying it, and then the habit's gone. So there's a whole evolution process that takes place with that, right? Exactly. And I would think that people would really need to understand that because sometimes, sometimes you hear like, um, other coaches, gurus, stuff, basically saying like, oh, you can get healed very quickly. And and I think that sometimes healing can come fast, but it comes on the heels of a lot of internal work and a lot of analysis like you did. And I was wondering, so when you st- when you started kind of saying, okay, I need to take a break. I need, I need to walk away. Were you seeing that, were you getting pushback from people that were close to you when you were doing that? Or were they starting to be grateful and saying, oh, wow, she's really starting to look at this a different way? Well, that's the C part of rock is, which is the communication. And it really depends on who you're communicating with. If it's a loved one or friend or your partner, then you have to sit down and you have a you have a loving communication with them, telling them what you're going through and telling them what you figured out so far. It's not going to do any good if you just keep it to yourself. So by having this communication with them and letting them know how you're feeling and what you've discovered allows them to assist you and then allows them to not get triggered back because now they can come at you with a point of empathy and not look at you as a point of she's yelling at me again. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I was just wondering too, so when you talk about the communication, did you ever find that somebody wasn't so empathetic? Definitely. There's always going to be those people who aren't, but it's, um, if it's someone that you're, I mean, if it's a business person or something like that, I wouldn't necessarily go and have that conversation with them. Right, <laughs> um, right. I would go and find uh, someone who's close to you, a loved one, or even going and seeing a counselor or going, you know, there's lots of helplines out there today um, in order to be able to just call someone up and just talk to them. But the thing is, is to get it out of your head. Because when it gets stuck in the head, it gets stuck in this whirlwind of indecision. It's like a cat playing with a ball of yarn. It doesn't go anywhere. So be able to talk about it or write about it. Now, in, in order to have a loving communication, especially with someone that maybe you've been fighting a lot with and there's there's a lack of communication there, um, I call it the love, light, and communication method where you sit down and the very first thing you do is you compliment the person and you tell them how much you love them. And then I always found that if you say, you know, if anything I say, everything I'm saying is coming out of love and my ability of wanting to communicate with you. So if anything I say feels wrong to you, you need to understand that it's not coming out with that intention. This is coming out with an intention of being able to communicate with you. And you set some ground rules and say, so what I need you to do is I just need you to listen to what I'm saying, you know, knowing that it's coming from my heart, and then we can have a discussion about it after. So because what usually happens is you sit down and say, okay, well, this is what I'm going to talk to you about. There's no love there's no, because as soon as you start um, giving someone compliments and this is why I love you and this is why you're in my life, it really brings the emotion to a loving environment, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. then if you state that you're not going to intentionally say anything that will hurt the person, and it's really, really important while you're talking to never say you. Well, you did this and because as soon as you say you, you're pointing the finger and the other person's just going to forget everything that you're saying and they're going to take offense and they're going to stop listening. Um, that's a very good point. Yeah, because, yeah, they're going to start just seeing it that it's all about them and you blaming them and that's the end of that, right? Yeah. 
because this conversation is about me. And sometimes it's okay to be selfish. I'm going to tell you how I feel when something happens. So when this happens, they might have done it, but it doesn't matter. But so when this happens, this is how I'm feeling inside. And I found out that this is what my reaction is. And I really don't want to have that reaction anymore. So yeah, that's, how, yeah. That's perfect. And you know, so I was wondering, so as you're communicating this, and how are you processing how are you processing the trauma that happened to you so you become you start getting in touch with how you're reacting and what is triggering you but then how are you able to then get past the trauma that actually happened when you got very clear on on what happened and that it was wrong well sometimes you never really do no I'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's a whole so the the this whole the rag thing is all about taking ownership of your feelings and not putting them on someone else. So the root cause of the trauma definitely does need to be worked on. And there's lots of different modalities and methodologies and are able to be used. Um, e- EFT tapping, like what you do, is awesome. So sometimes we can do it by ourselves, just going internally. I've read a ton of books in regards to how to heal yourself, there's so much more information out there because it really depends on on the type of trauma you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Some of the things are like smaller and as soon as you recognize them, you can heal them yourself just by being able to, you know, go into those places. But a lot of us do need external help. We need someone to talk to because if we sometimes, if it's a bigger one, if we try and do it ourselves, it gets stuck in our mind. And it just doesn't go away. So releasing it through journaling, through talking, through meditation, through reading books about the specific type of trauma you have, seeing people who are doing different modalities. Um, back in the day, back in the day, when I was 30 and I initially went through it, there wasn't a lot. There was just your psychiatrist and your psychologist. So they drugged you so that you had no emotion or right. you talked, you talked it about it forever. So I learned at a, at, you know, that time, how to talk through it and talk talk about it with little emotion, but that really didn't get the, the deep down trigger, right. the trauma. So, yeah, that that's definitely something that I would highly suggest researching. And if you're going through, first of all, you know, there's, there's therapists and there's coaches. Find the difference between the two because more than likely you need a therapist, a holistic or, a, you know, psychiatrist or something like that. But then make sure it's someone that you trust. Make sure it's a modality that you believe in. Because if that trust and that belief is not there, nothing's going to happen. If someone's trying to force you to do something and it's not feeling right, don't do it. Yeah, those are all great suggestions and so right on point. So thank you for that. And we're going to go ahead and take our second break. Stay with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is Carla Fagan. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking today with Carla Fagan, a best-selling author of a book called A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul. And you can get that anywhere, so get it, okay? And keep it on your lap. Um, and... Carla's website is CarlaFagan.com, and that is Carla, C-A-R-L-A, Fagan, F-E-A-G-A-N, F-E-A-G-A-N. And what I learned in the last segment is interesting about um, blaming others, right? Um, a lot of times, and we all have this, we talk about button pushing, and when I get my buttons pushed, I stay calm or I don't stay calm, but I always look at it as incoming, right? It's incoming. And I'm just reacting to it because this person's pushing my buttons and they know they're pushing my buttons. And what you're saying is it's don't blame the button, right? Um, Figure out what's triggering that button, you know, with inside you. Why you have that button. Right. And rather than blow it off, 
go to the acronym, go to the rack, go to the rack and figure it out. I mean, I love it. It's very simple, right? Let me figure, let me reflect on this. What is causing this? Why am I feeling this way? You know, where it gets tricky, and I agree with relationships, it's easier to communicate. But in the workplace, and exactly what you said, Carl, it's not that easy. You don't always recommend having that conversation. But what I think I heard you say was you have to, you have to find the trigger elsewhere. You have to either go through therapy, find someone you can talk to, bring it up and get it out that way. But if it doesn't come out, it's not going to go away, right? Well, what I like too is that basically, especially at work, it's not a conspiracy. The whole world's not against you. I mean, there are times when there are issues at work, but so many times if we can just stay calm and lower that anxiety and not get too wound when somebody pushes one of our buttons or, or sets off a trigger, you can start becoming more creative in how you start approaching communicating to this person. So they don't have to, everybody doesn't need to know your whole life story. But if you use this method, the rack method, you can then start to see, well, hang on a second, you know, either it is, it, it is a trigger in me and it's something that I'm reacting to or Maybe there is an issue at work that I need to address. But either way, it helps you kind of calm down that anxiety so that you can start looking at this clearly and get some clarity around what's actually happening. Am I getting that right, Carla? Yeah, you're getting it 100% right. There's there's another thing that I've done um, in order to assist yourself in calming down, because sometimes if it, how bad a trigger is, you know, you really need something that can calm you down right away. So what I typically do is when I go to bed at night, I'll do a little meditation as I'm going to sleep. I'll meditate on my happy place. Just all of the emotions and feelings. And not just like think it, but feel it, see it, be it. Um, have all of your emotions involved. You're on a beautiful Caribbean island with the palm trees blowing in the wind. Everything that just makes you feel the best you ever. And as you're thinking about that, you create a, a word or a phrase that you associate with that. And it could be whatever you want to. It could be like, this is not me, or it even could be just a nonsensical word like butterfly or fish. You know, but as you're going to bed, and there's about, um, I would say, I can't remember exactly how long, about maybe 10 minutes as you're going to sleep, you're going into a different stage where your mind is more receptive to allowing things to get in there. So as you're focusing this word with this happy place, if you do that every day for a minimum of 21 days, all of a sudden, when you, if you're getting anxious or something, then you think of fish. And then fish is associated with all of those good feelings and thoughts. It's another way of allowing you to calm down. And it's especially helpful in the workplace where in the workplace, typically you don't get triggered as bad as if you're with a loved one. We tend right. to be more brutal with the people we love. Isn't that crazy? But yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I love you because I hate you all the time. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing that... I'm getting is, you know, so let's take the the toxic news, for example, and I won't go into um, sides here, but, um, you know, you walk away either totally angry or totally feeling right, you know, and either way I think needs to be addressed because either way has emotions that you need to kind of water down. Right. Not always anger emotion. It could be um, pumped up. It could be that emotion, which may not be a good thing either, if that's possible. Exactly. I know exactly how you what you mean, because there's nothing but toxic news on the, you know, everywhere you look on Google or on the Internet, everywhere you're looking, there's always something going on. It's always triggering emotion. So emotions are good. I mean, without without. Um, being angry, you don't know what bliss is. Mm. So you need to feel all the different types of emotions, but it's what you do with them and how you react with them is what you need to be more concerned about. So being angry is okay because without anger, you would never know bliss, but it's what you do with that anger. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a great point. And so 
let's then look at the last part of the rack, which is. I was the, just going to say that. I beat you to it. Yeah. Kiss and make up or kick their butts out of here. I guess there comes a time when, you know, you got to face reality and you got to make a decision, right? And you offer the love, but if it's not there, you need to take some sort of action, I guess, right? Well, exactly. I mean, and there's all too many of us that will just stay in a toxic relationship or stay in a toxic workplace when if we, if, by going through this, it's taking ownership. What's my feelings and what's affecting me externally that isn't from my past? So it's looking out for yourself. So if you realize that, you know, this isn't from your trauma, this is something that's really affecting me negatively, you got to ask yourself, why are you there? Yeah, sometimes, you know, I'm speaking for myself, of course, a tendency to be all things for all people. So... um there might be some situations that I should walk away from that I just don't, you know, and there might be some situations that I should pursue, but I just don't kind of for the same reasons. Um, and what you're saying is I have to get to a point emotionally where I know either um, I need to do I need to put more work into this or I need to move on. Right? Exactly. It's like it's in business at every step of any, any type of business. There's always a go, no go decision, like any, any kind of project management at this stage. Is it a go, no go decision? Have you put too much money into it and it's not working? So then it's, a, you know, we can do it in business. We just have a really hard time doing it for ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm noticing, too, listening to you, Carla, in that um, it's always on the radar. It's always a work in progress for you right you're always you're always engaged with your emotion you know um because the minute you shut down everything else comes back right the the emotions will start building and building and building and building so it's sort of like the application is always open <laughs> right yeah well there are times i've i've gotten myself to times and especially now because i've done so much work whereas i know that there was a trigger i just felt a trigger i just heard it because I've heard it so many times. And then I sit there, I go, nothing's happening. <laughs> Something that would have made me explode before now is having nothing. You know, all of the stories of the trauma and everything is still there, but now they're not having an emotional reaction. And that's a place that you really want to get to because that's a place of, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Look at where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the evolution that took place in your life is how you develop the rack steps, right? Because, um, you know, you got past one thing, you identified one thing, but, you know, it wasn't enough. You had to move forward. You had to either remove it or make a decision, go, no, go, like you say. And that's where all four steps of rack were born, I'm thinking. Is that true? Yes, you're 100% right. Uh, I don't know where I would be if I hadn't discovered that. If I hadn't started taking ownership of my own feelings, because I was, I was bad. I, the abuse had become the abuser because I would be very verbally abusive to people I loved in my life because they're hurting me. And it's, I realized that I was hurting myself because it was from past. So it's, and it's a never ending process. And it's really funny because I've been single for a while. And so I haven't had any relationship triggers. <laughs> so now it's like, I want to get into a relationship so I can feel those triggers and I can deal with them because I know how to deal with them very well now. Yeah. And we can tell, you know, um, in the title of the book, A Life Worth Living, the journey of an authentic soul and just talking to you, I don't hear any sarcasm. I don't, you know, I hear authenticity. I hear real um, concern for, to help others. And um, I think it's really good. I think um, we're glad that we learned about this book. We we're happy to know you. And I think, um, you know, we got to do the work now on ourselves. Right. And what I liked what you just said is, is that it's that, it's not all of a sudden like this like boom moment. It can come so much more subtly. You're just sitting there and all of a sudden you're thinking, holy cow, normally like I would want to like 
rip their throat out. And I'm just sitting here have, saying, have a nice day. Like, it's just not a problem yeah. anymore. It's just not a problem. And it's it's such a subtle thing. It can be such a subtle thing. You're going from, oh, wait a second. Everything is okay. And normally it would not have and nothing been really this, changed. Right. And know? the person's saying exactly the same thing. The person's still exactly the same. But now you're completely different. And you're in this true place of calm, not just what I like about that is not just you're not just holding back so that you don't strike. You don't have anything to hold back. You're just calm. Yeah. Yeah. You're just yeah. neutral. It's like exactly. And everything, every, every emotion around you has been disarmed. <laughs> yeah. And it's a wonderful feeling. I'll sit there in amazement going, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we have about a minute or two before our next break, but um, just a question on RAC. I love the acronym. Reflect, ask, communicate, kiss and make up, or kick their butts out of here. <laughs> um, so where do you go to learn about each one? In other words, okay, so reflect is it's an easy word to say, but how do I get really good at it or how do I get really good at communicating and things like that, right? I mean, that's the challenge. Yeah, exactly. I actually did create an ebook. Um, it's been sitting around for a while. I, I got a little bit um, sidetracked, but I did create an ebook on this exact topic in order to go, goes into more detail in regards to what you can do in a, in a situation. It's, called um, What to Do When You Get Triggered. Um, I will be putting it up within the next week on my website. So that's definitely a place that you can go. Excellent. And so we're going to take our final break. So stay with us. The website is CarlaFagan.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-F-E-A-G-A-N.com. And the book is A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. We are talking to Carla Fagan. She is the best-selling author of A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul. And you can find out more about Carla at her website at Carla Fagan. That's F-E-A-G-A-N.com. So, Carla, been loving this conversation, but I want to, before we go, learn all about like how you ended up quitting your nine to five and basically traveling the world. Like, what was that all about and what happened? Oh, it's a wonderful story. Well, I was working for a company um, and I'd been working for them for quite a while and they got acquired by another organization. And so as obviously with anything like that, it's always like tricky in the waters with people getting laid off and, you know, policies and procedures getting changed. And I thought it was going to be affecting my sales, some of the decisions that they had going on. So in January, I thought, you know what, I think maybe they're going to let me go because my sales have gone down. And so then I flippantly said, well, I'll just go travel the world then. <laughs> and, it, and I don't know where that came from because I never, ever thought that I would ever have that ability. So it was never a dream. So in June, I was talking to my manager and we were, he was saying, yeah, okay, we know the sales have gone down, but we've expected that. We're still very happy with the work. And I hung up the phone and I went, you know what? I'm not really particularly happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of looking forward to getting let go. Yeah. So I I just decided to start researching an around the world trip. So in June I started researching. I actually went and I started reading travel blogs and traveling because I did this when I was fifty. Oh wow! <laughs> I researched travel blogs. I started writing down the names of all the places. I go okay, and some of the, some of the places was I just like the name like Rorotonga, <laughs> Cook Islands. It's like Rorotonga. Oh, I got to go there. I don't care what it is. I just got to go there. And then I put everything on a map. And then I like had to Google where some sites were because I had nowhere in the world where they were. <laughs> and this was making you feel good and that's why you kept going or you realized this is something you want to do? Yeah, well, I made the decision. So in September, I quit my job and in October, I left to travel the world, 21 different countries in a year. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And so how long did that take? A year. <laughs> a year. Wow. What, to travel or to? <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole journey. 
Yeah, no, it was just under, I think it was like two weeks under a year. I left in October. I got back in, you know, end of September, mid-September. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So you just kept going from place to place to place. Like, you never came back home. You just kept going. You you took one of those tickets where you just keep going around? Well, actually, you know what? Because I was a little bit, I've never done anything like this before. I've done some, like, travel in Canada, the U.S. for work. And mm-hmm. a couple of vacations. So what I did, and I wanted to be in Australia for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I kind of booked my tickets of where I was going to go because I was limited by time to go to Australia and then off to Bali. So I was in Australia for Christmas. But after I was in Bali, I just winged it. I knew the countries and places I wanted to go. But it was more exciting because I didn't have anything booked. I didn't have anything. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so it was like last minute. And actually, I was um, I did I was traveling up. Uh, I did about seven countries up the east coast of Africa doing safari. And the next place that I was supposed to go to was um, Turkey. And at that time, this was back in 2016, Turkey had their big uprising. And Canada said, you know, we recommend nobody go there. I'm going, well, that kind of sucks because I already had my ticket to Turkey. So I ended up flying to Turkey and then I flew, I just went in and I went out the same day and I went up to Hungary and I did Hungary, um, all, all those places, Croatia, Montenegro, Albania, <laughs> Greece. <laughs> wow. And so what was, so I have two questions and, and you can either answer both or pick one. So mm-hmm. what was the, scariest thing that happened and what was the coolest thing that happened um i would say one of the scariest things was hiking in sapa in um, vietnam because you're hiking in the rice paddy fields that's going down mountains and it was raining and it was oh my gosh (laughs) yeah um one of the coolest i would say um would be in Laos. It was the, oh my gosh, I forgot the name of the monkey, the gibbon, the gibbon experience in Laos. And so what you do is you hike through the jungle and then you zip line in the middle of jungle. Like this is seriously the middle of the jungle with just a small little town. You do all these fantastic zip lines and you live in tree houses. So it's like a three day experience. Oh, wow. But you hike and you zip line to the treehouse. You actually have to zip line into the treehouse. <laughs> and it was funny. They had these little loud women. You knew when supper was coming because the tree would shake because someone's <laughs> zip lining in. I would have to say that's pretty cool. But, I mean, that's one. There's, I got a whole bunch of cool things. I mean, you definitely have put yourself in an emotional place that you can really enjoy life to its fullest, right? Yeah, and I mean, especially doing it by yourself, there's a lot of resiliency, and I'm an introvert at heart. I'm an extreme introvert at heart, and I will still get to that place. So it's really, and I hate heights. (laughs) (laughs) I hate heights, but I force myself. The very first place I went to was Costa Rica in the um, Monte Verde in the cloud forest, and we did the cloud for the the cloud. uh, What is it? The tramways or whatever the bridges that go. Really, really high. Oh, wow. My, yeah, my friend and I, she's afraid of heights, too, so we kind of, like, crawled along the bridges. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and let me ask you something, because this is something that I myself have noticed recently. I have been doing a ton of tapping on, like, just a past stuff for myself, too, right? And And just I got triggered myself this year, and I started doing a lot of tapping, a lot of clearing, and I noticed that all of a sudden roller coasters don't scare me anymore. And that is the weirdest thing. And I think, I think that just all the work that you were doing, suddenly you become less anxious just about everything is what I've found. I don't know if you found that to be true, but it kind of seems like it because all of a sudden you took off by yourself and went around the world, which is just wild. Yeah. Less anxious, more comfortable within yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a, there's a lot more trust too because I think the for me a lot of the trauma took away I didn't trust people and you know so by taking away the trauma and taking away the um, I was going to say panic attacks but I never really had panic attacks I just had like triggers and outbursts but yeah I'm a totally different person I also realized to understand what my stuff is and what other people's stuff is and I drew a line. 
So I don't take yeah. on anyone else's stuff either. So like if they're getting triggered and they're trying to blame me for something, I've got a really good understanding that that's their stuff. And I'll be here if you want to talk about it, but I'm not taking, I'm not going to react to what you're saying. You know, when you start that's terrific. seeing benefits and making yeah. progress, you know, you start realizing the rack is a good tool that builds self-trust and self-confidence and lessens the anxiety on, in general on everything. You know, I think uh, knowing what works helps so much um, and you can trust it, which is even better, you know. Definitely. And finding a modality that works for you. Like I really love tapping. I've had a lot, quite a few um, experiences with tapping, like just working through because there's some things that you just really can't, you know, do yourself. And modalities like that really do work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really do. And and it's just funny how it then just seeps into so many different areas of your life that you hadn't even really been working on. All of a sudden, other areas start working as well. And and like you found, you know, here you are extremely introverted, but yet you're going off, you're traveling the country, you have to ask questions, you're ziplining, even though you're afraid of heights. I mean, all of that is from the work. It's a result of the work and just getting comfortable and calming down and learning how to talk to people and how to communicate and just handling your own emotion. So it's just an amazing story and and such a great process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I'm, you know what? I feel so blessed to have been able to have, you know, been given the life that I have and the experiences that I have because I wouldn't be who I am today without it. Right. And so even though it was like not so great at the beginning or in the middle, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm living in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. <laughs> I traveled the world for a year. It's like, I really don't have it that bad. And I'm good with myself. Yeah. And that's, that's a great, the that's biggest a great thing, outcome yes. to say. Yes. Um, and, but let's not lose sight of that. You are giving back, right? Yep. And this book is a great thing. I mean, it will help many people. Us included. Yes. So, Carla, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. We really appreciate it. It was such a great conversation and, and a great tool that you've given to the world with your book. So thank you for that. Yep. Excellent work. And thank you guys for having me on. It's so appreciated. I loved I loved the last hour we spent together. Excellent. It's terrific. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so And again, much. everyone, it's Carla Fagan, and her book is A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul. And you can get it on Amazon and any of your favorite booksellers. You can also learn more about Carla at her website at CarlaFagan.com. That's F-E-A-G-A-N.com. So, Charles, another great show. Great show. Learned a lot. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and have a great week. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Dave Olson, and the TalkZone family. All our replays are available at TalkZone.com or in the iTunes store. Also, be sure to download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Please email us at info at CharlieAndEva.com. Thanks again for listening.